What is up? Welcome back to Art School Taught Me. This is, um, it's me, Lawrence. You know who it is. You've heard me on every episode. You're probably tired of my voice. Uh, joining me on today's episode, we have music producer? Yes. And DJ. And DJ, Pansy, on the show. Um, I met her, oh, I didn't meet her. Today's the first time I met her, but I first saw her on, in Munzin Lupa. It's just, taking me a while to get to all these people, but eventually I will get to everyone. Uh, so yeah, today we have Pamsi on the show. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Could you uh, tell a little bit about yourself to everyone if they don't know who you are? You already mentioned it. <laughs> I'm an electronic music producer and DJ. Okay. Um, so I guess the first thing that we can cover is how you got started okay. in music. So um, where did your interest in art come from? Was it music from the beginning or was it something else? Um, I played the piano when I was a kid. I enrolled in classical piano lessons and then I, I also had vo voice lessons. So, But music wasn't that big in my life until like I started working and I just went to concerts abroad. I travel alone just to go to concerts. So I eventually thought of doing it myself. Mm -hmm. And then I enrolled in Cosmic Sonic Arts. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, a lot of people don't really know what that is. So could you? It's, Explain. It's a music school founded by Similar Objects, Jorge. He started around 2016, I think, or 2017. I enrolled there in 2016. When, um, when did you start like making music, actually, though? I started making beats right after my short course with Cosmic Sonic Arts. Mm -hmm. That was late 27, uh, 2016. And then I started uploading on SoundCloud on February 2017. Mm -hmm. What was like, was your style always electronic based? Yeah, because that's what I learned. Because what I enrolled in was music production and remixing. Mm -hmm. Do, so it's really electronic music. Okay. Do. Um so you went to school, or you enrolled for that, and did he teach uh, music theory? Mm, just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. Some, some musicians that I've talked to say music theory is kind of restrictive because you have all these, now you have all these rules that you feel like you should abide by. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't know. I studied music theory because of classical piano, but I don't remember it anymore, so I feel like it's just on a subconscious level mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. If you ask me to play in the key of G, I won't know. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Do you, like, what is it that pushes you to make electronic, what is it about electronic music mm. you like? I don't know actually, but it started when I'd go to gigs here in Manila and usually the people who'd open for them would be similar objects, 
Then eventually, I'd go to their gigs, the Bon Bon Collective gigs, Bakunawa. And I'm also a fan of Young Liquid Gang. Oh, I never heard of them. Oh, they're a defunct collective now. Okay. So, but it's the founders were No Rome, uh, Moon Mask slash U Pistol, and uh, Coexist slash Merlinda. Mm. We did the reunion gig for them last year because uh, Ethan, who is Coexist, he went here for a vacation. He was here for a month. I don't. I don't know. But um, so Moon Mask played. They tried to get the Young Liquid Gang members to play, but not uh, not all of them played. But they were there. Mm-hmm. It was a reunion gig for them. Nice. And then the new ones played like um, Young Sleepy Boy, Bed Spacer, Ajushi. Nuvol, Jorge's other project. He's got a ton of projects. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. Uh, do you have any other alter egos for your music? Yeah, I have a secret SoundCloud. Okay, secret SoundCloud. But I, I'm, it's not so secret anymore. <laughs> uh, I sing in that project. Oh, okay. It used to be a secret producer account because I was testing people if they'd detect that I'm a female producer and before people would message me thinking that I'm a male producer. Hmm. So it was interesting. And then I started singing on that same secret SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting topic of conversation that we could get into is Mm. female producers in the industry and how they're treated and how they're stacked or how they're perceived. Hmm. Uh, what's your experience with that? Has there been anything that's been obl- like blatantly sexist when it comes to making music and then they find out you're a female producer? or I didn't have to go through that because from the very start, I've already like just I've just been making beats. So it's impossible to assume that some other guy is producing for me because I'm, I'm not even singing. Right. So. But normally, for other female musicians who produce their own stuff, they get asked, who's your producer and all that, and they always have to defend themselves. No, I produce this. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a common thing yeah. for most female musicians. Yeah, that's so strange that we're still having conversations like that. When mm. it's, so, it's so obvious that that shouldn't happen, you know? Yeah. I think people should assume that we produce our music, unless otherwise stated not the other way around. Right. You mentioned uh, gigs, and um, I've been to a few, and it seems like the same people are there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like in a good way, in a good way. It's a supportive community for the most part. Uh, When was like, what was the first gig you ever played? Do you remember? Winton Lupa, the first year. Okay, okay, I was like, (laughs) That was the first year. Um, Under? Pamsi or Dancy? Pamsi. Pamsi. Dancy was just, we started that November 2018. Oh, fairly recently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess people don't know what Dancy is now because we, <laughs> we haven't talked about it. Yeah. So, 
I'm gonna try to explain it. Okay, okay. Which is like not gonna be correct because I barely. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a collab project between you yes. and your friend Danielle. Yes. Uh, Dan being Danny yeah, yeah. and then C being yeah, Pamsi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the genre I would I would like categorize it as like super bubbly. Yeah. Electronic. Yeah. Um, with live drums though, mm. which is like super cool. Yeah. How did I do? Was that good? Yeah. <laughs> when did that project uh, come to fruition? Who decided that, to do this? Like, when did it come up? She suggested it to me because when she practices on her own, because she's been playing drums since grade school, I think. So whenever she practices, she uses songs. And then randomly we thought of it like, what if I play a DJ set and you play drums with me playing the DJ set? And I just went to her house that day, that was November. And then we started jamming and we were so happy with what happened. And then I told her, you should go with me to my gig in Black Market. So I was booked for Mauden. Do you know Mauden? Yes. And, uh, smaller room yes and then okay bring your drums let's go and that was so spontaneous we decided that day that mm -hmm. she was gonna play so that was it and then now we're getting booked <laughs> yeah that's that was the first place I saw you guys was at Munzi Lupa not the first yeah. year though um, that's our first official gig because usually I just bring her to play drums on my DJ sets mm. How collaborative is the process when dancing comes together? It depends on the gig. Like for the gig last night with Stay Useless and the Flying Lugo, it was a hip hop gig. So I gave her a list of songs that I was gonna play, and then she studied it. Mm. And then, but my mixing is spontaneous, so she doesn't know when I'm gonna play the song and all that. Uh, okay. Okay. Wow. She's really that good. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. I thought like it was a you had like a proper set list. No, That's so it, cool. we just know the songs, but mm -hmm. she never knows the order. Sometimes I even not even the order. Yeah, it depends on some because I room read like right before I check the crowd like what type of stuff will they want to hear. So it's really on the spot. But some of our gigs were fixed. Like for I play we played for Mitch Bed Spacers first day gig and I played my album actually. Your upcoming one? Yeah. Oh. I've been wow. playing that even in Monsignor, that's my album. No, oh, that was? Yeah, that was like the first half because I wasn't done with it then. in January. Yeah. I've been playing my album. Ooh. <laughs> and yeah, so I think you, but did you announce that you're playing new music or No. Interesting. <laughs> That's a that's a natural segue into this upcoming project, I guess, <laughs> that we could talk about. Uh, we're skipping around as usual, but we can talk a bit about your upcoming project if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, what's it about? What what inspired okay. it? Okay, so it's called Beanie Beanie. Do you know what that means? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you guys can look it up. I'm not gonna. Because <laughs> I was trying to play around with the idea of women musicians. Who are assumed to be like mm, vocalists, or because there used to be. Do you know old singers like Donna Cruz? 
pop stars. They're they used to be pop idols. So no, not familiar. Um, but I get women, the idea. Yeah, I get women the idea. are portrayed to just sing and all that. So I was trying to flip the image of like me still being a girl, but not singing, not the usual thing of being a female musician. Mm-hmm. So, and then I also googled the term Bini Bini. Most songs that are titled Bini Bini were by men. So there's this singer, old singer named Jano Gibbs, and he has a song called Bini Bini. And then there's this band called um, Brown Man Revival. They also have a song called Bini Bini. So it was interesting to like be a girl and have a thing that's called Bini Bini. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Is it is it gonna have a proper release like your other EPs or singles? What do you mean? Healthy tapes. Yeah, it's gonna be on cassette. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cassette. Mm-hmm. What? What's the What's the thought process b- behind cassettes? Is that what uh, uh, the record label does? Yeah, they're a cassette label, so okay. all the releases are on cassette. Interesting. I thought like it was like your your chosen format that you really. Ah uh, no, they're really a cassette label. That's cool. That's cool. Your first release under them was. Pisa Isa. Back in two thousand eighteen. Yes. Uh, is that your first? physical release or has there been something prior to that? Yeah, that was my first official release because mm. my older beats are just on SoundCloud and that was like the first time I uploaded on Spotify, Apple Music and all that. Mm-hmm. How was that like for you? Because I know releases are a huge deal for people that make music, you know, it's an actual yeah, tangible yeah, thing that yeah. you can hold. Mm, it's a big deal because I'm, I'm the only non-Australian musician in the label so it was big for not just me but also for Healthy Tapes because that was like their first attempt at venturing out so I I felt a lot of pressure because I didn't want to let them down because I don't know because I'm releasing internationally so Mm -hmm. It's different. Yeah. I feel like I have to prove more. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we could segue into musical influences. Mm. I have questions that other, like my musician friends back home, want to know about here for people that make music mm. and how it compares to what their process is. So, like, as far as musical influences go, do you have any major ones or any ones that like play a role in the style of music you play? I get compared a lot to Disclosure and Diegi because of the house mm-hmm. influence. And then. Do you not like comparisons? Does that uh, seem. It's okay with me because I really like their work. Okay. okay. So it means it a lot that I get compared with them. Mm-hmm, okay. So. Yeah. They're your influences. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like future goals in mind, like set goals that you want to hit? Mm, I don't want to talk about it, but 
It's fine if you don't. Um, in general, I really want to play outside Manila. Mm -hmm. But for sure, you're trying to pursue it farther. Yes. Further. Yes. Okay, that's cool. And I want to release more cassettes. Cassettes are so mm. cool, man. <laughs> um, one thing that everyone is curious about is equipment, mm. uh, specifically like what you would you would take to gigs. Mm. So we can talk about uh, your your setup at home and then like the gig setup if it, if it's different at all. Yeah, it's different. Okay, so uh, home first. Um, I just use my laptop and mouse. Mm. <laughs> I have a mini controller which I use for chords, bass lines, but. Most of the time, I just use my mouse because mm -hmm. everything's there already. You just have to drag and move things around. Do you work in FL or? Yeah, FL. FL, okay. Yeah, my my co-host loves FL and he refuses to switch to um, Ableton. Ah, uh, yeah, but everybody uses Ableton. Everyone uses Ableton, but like they hate me for using FL. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because everyone uses Ableton. Yeah. They're bullying me. <laughs> no, that's not but cool. I'm, I've been trying to learn Ableton because I want to play live sets. Because normally I play with Serato, it's a DJ software. So I can't like have a lot of effects or I can't do much with it because it's a DJ software. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Ableton, I can do more manipulations on the fly. Mm -hmm. As far as like hardware is concerned, besides the MIDI, do you have any other like pads or? No, just no? MIDI just keyboard. That. Cool, keep it super minimalistic. Yeah. I know some people go all out and just bring so much. I'm not obsessed with gear. I think it's too expensive. Like I have everything I need. <laughs> so I don't buy a lot of gear. Mm -hmm. So. I guess the next question that I'd like to bring up is the current music scene in the Philippines and mm. how tight-knit it is. What are your opinions on that? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's both. Because mm -hmm. like we mentioned earlier, once if you go to a gig and you go to another gig, most likely you'll see some of the same people. Yeah. It's good because when I DJ, it's easy to DJ for people you know, because you know their taste in music. Like, um, I remember I've played a gig with Andy and Javier. They played B2B. They always play B2B. That, that was right. for Tetsuo. Uh -huh. And that was Tetsuo. Yeah. <laughs> and then I already knew what kind of music they want. So they were they were they watched my set also. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to play music that I know they like because I know them. Mm -hmm. Cuz it's hard playing for strangers cuz I never know their taste level. Like um I had fun playing for Tropical Discoral last Friday mm -hmm. cuz most of the people there were fellow musicians. And I have an idea with their taste level, so more or less I was prepared. I knew what I wanted to play for them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Sorry. Tropical the squirrel I do want to talk about. Okay. Where did that come from? Like, what was the idea behind that? Because there's some pretty big names. Yeah. Um, so it was organized by Steffi Unos. That's her. That's her DJ okay. producer name. Mm -hmm. She's a DJ and producer. She's from Belgium. Oh, okay. She's half Filipina, and she's in the same label with Jorge which is darker than wax in Singapore. So they've been discussing this project for a while and then she tapped some of us to contribute to the compilation and then that was it. Mm -hmm. Is it um, a project that is ongoing like for future? Yeah, it's going to be an annual thing. So with, a be... with like a revolving Yeah, group? I don't think it's going to be us again next year. Okay. That's a cool. That's a cool thing. There's yeah. so many different music groups here that it's it's difficult to keep track who's and who. Yes. And people switch <laughs> around. It's 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 a cool thing though because it's like you can see how active the community is and not just like staying where they're comfortable. People actively try to try new things, mm. which is very nice. Mm. Um, something that is interesting that people would like to know is the specific parts of production that you like really enjoy is mm. there is there a process like a usual process that you go through or is it just whatever happens that day happens yeah it depends on my mindset but usually I start with a concept like I already know the song titles, and then that's when I start making the beats. Ah, uh, so so title first, and then yeah. you work around that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I do the same thing when I'm writing scripts. I try to do the title first, so mm. I know what it, what it's gonna be about. Uh, is the process like usually the same? Um, in terms of uh, like the length of time it takes to make you to like pump out a, a draft of a song. Before, it used to be spontaneous, but now I'm trying to make it a habit to work on music on weekends. So every Sunday, I work on a beat. Mm. You mentioned earlier that you like to cater to audiences' tastes. Yeah. How important is that for you? Because I know some people like play what they like, and then if people don't like it, then they can... Yeah. I think it depends on the artist. Because I like room reading, <laughs> so it's a DJ thing. Mm -hmm. So, because sometimes when I prepare for the gig, I already have the songs. And then when I arrive there, the crowd is so different. So I can't, I don't want to play stuff that they can't relate to, mm -hmm. or at least is not accessible to their taste level. Mm -hmm. So. I try to accommodate the people in there because if I was on the other end, I don't want to go to a gig where the music is extremely weird. I'm okay with, I mean, I want to have fun. So I want to hear fun music. That's my mindset because I go to gigs myself. So I think it's just an empathy thing. Okay. Are you a cancer? 
No, I'm a Libra. Libra, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I've been getting into astrology lately. <laughs> uh, um, gigs, speaking of gigs though, when was like, when you did your first gig, what, what was that transition like from making beats at home and just putting it out and, and then suddenly being in front of people and playing your music? How was that process I, I'm like? I'm really not used to being in front of people. I, I'm actually selectively mute. So I don't get to talk to people. Like, I don't get to choose who I talk to. It's weird. Mm. It's, a, it's extreme shyness. So mm -hmm. I'm really not used to... I don't even do spiels, because some musicians do spiels. Oh, okay. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I, my throat locks down. It's that bad. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, like, then how did... I think it's how, just, that's how it just how you? much I love music, that I'm willing to play music for people. Mm -hmm. How long are your gigs usually, your sets? The DJ gigs are normally two hours. One hour is a short set. And then sometimes, like for most, I play 30 minutes sets mm -hmm. because yeah. it's like band style. Yeah. FET recently happened and yes. you played at Bedroom Beats? No. I thought I, you were at Bedroom Beats. No, I wasn't there. Sorry. <laughs> I was in the house party stage. You Black were. Market. Okay. Who the fuck did I see it? <laughs> <laughs> but I was there last year. Okay. How, how was FET? Is FET? Was that your first time playing FET? This year was the second time. Last year was my first time. Mm. I played in the Bedroom Beats stage. So it was so crowded, the bedroom beat stage. Mm -hmm. It was difficult to get in. Like the musicians couldn't even get in, because the line was super long. Yeah. Last year, I don't know what happened this year. I didn't go to Poblacion. <laughs> it's uh, it's the worst place to oh, be. No, I I I don't want to go to Poblacion if I'm not booked to play in there <laughs> as much as possible. I avoid that place. I'm running out of notes. <laughs> Besides, um, we, we were talking about you currently making your, or you're done with your upcoming project, but you're working with other female artists on the visual side. Yes. How, like what other things are you working on? Like what, what's collaborative about that? Is it the, the artwork? Or? Yes, the artwork. Mm. So I send them my music also, just so they have a reference. And I send them the pegs. Pegs is a term that came up la last episode, and I've never heard that before. Uh, is, it is, it, is it the same as temp music? No. No? Peg is a, it's a visual guide. It's like Pinterest. Oh, like a mood board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know really? peg is a Filipino thing. Is it short for something or is it just literally no, it's peg? Just peg? Wow. We use that a lot in college because whenever we make marketing plans and then we design the stuff, like we design the product, we design the promotional materials. Mm -hmm. So, and I used to be a graphic designer okay back in college 
I didn't do music before. Music was just a hobby. Mm -hmm. Like listening to music, not even making music. So, I used to be a part of this org called Heights. It's a literary folio. I used to be a designer for that. So, for that, usually, whenever we have meetings, we discuss pegs. So that's where I learned the pegs. terms. I had uh, Mokua last episode, mm. and he, he was the one that used the term peg. And I brought up temp music, and he said, yeah. I don't know if he was confused ah, or not. Maybe. But he's also a graphic designer. Yeah. So I don't know if they use that. Because he's from CSB. Is he? It's a ask. yeah. He's it's an art school, so I don't know if how they use it there. Mm. We were talking about him scoring a film, and mm. they he would ask for. Uh, I think it also works for. Oh yeah, music. then I guess you're right, because then he would send. No, no. He he mentioned that he would ask for, or the, the direct the filmmakers would send pegs, and it would be like temp, it would be music that they would like him to. Mm -mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a mood board. It could be used in any format. Got it. Got it. Even with photography, I think they send pegs like for wedding shoots. They send pegs to the photographer. Mm. So it's like that in the Philippines. <laughs> How? I'm out of notes, by the way. <laughs> so, do you... Why do you have... Why do you feel it necessary to have separate accounts? I'm just going off the top of my head now. Mm. Separate accounts for like music with vocals and then your electronic uh, music. Because I was worried that people were going to expect me to sing moving forward. Because that's what happens to most female musicians. Mm -hmm. So I'm, it's more of a branding thing. Mm -hmm. I really want to brand myself as a female beat maker because there's not a lot of us. So it's more of me wanting to show people that we can stick to just beat making. So I kept the other thing separate. Yeah. Have you ever thought about making music or producing music for artists to sing on? Yeah, but I'm having a hard time with that lately because I think my sound is not for singing. Um, but I've collabed with female vocalists and producers. Mm -hmm. I had this EP called Deep Sea Pearls. Yes. So I worked with Olympia, Nima, Danny is also there. She did drums mm. on one of the songs. Going international, is that a thing that you're... Is that one of the things you're trying to do? Yeah, but I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> is, okay, then I guess this is interesting to, to talk about. Is music still considered a hobby for you? It's not necessarily a viable career choice? Yeah, I feel like I'm in between. It still feels like a hobby because I, I have a day job, so it feels like an escape from that. Mm. But I'm earning money already from DJing, and I have a lot of responsibilities from music. Like, I do the PR, I mean, 
I have to constantly promote my music. So it's a lot of work already now. Mm. Whereas before, I'll just upload on SoundCloud and wait for it to get plays. It's different now because it's on Spotify and we have to handle the cassette details and all that. And I also lay out the cassette design. So it's a lot of work. Oh, I do, do everything. Wow. The label doesn't do the, the uh, signing? They can do it, but I'd rather do it because um, Lee, who runs Healthy Tapes, he's super loaded now because I think they're releasing new music every month. That's how tight the schedule is this year because mm. the label is growing exponentially. So I don't want to burden him anymore. Mm. And I enjoy doing that because I'm a graphic. I used That's to be right. a graphic designer, right. so it's not an issue for me. I love DIY. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had a topic and it just <laughs> left my brain. Hold on. It was, um, it was... What was it? Oh my god, I'm blanking. Do you... Okay, yeah, it was uh, making sets. How long in my head when I uh, imagine a DJ, I just imagine headphones 24-7 trying to find new music or like finding music that works together in a set. How long does it take for you to make mm, a DJ set? And do you mm, listen to music all the time? Yes. Yes, okay. But it's because I love music. It's not because I'm digging on purpose. Mm -hmm. And. What I do is, I don't like cramming, so whenever I get booked, I already plan on the same day or at least have like a, a mood and then I just ink, add more tracks over time until the gig is approaching. So I just keep on adding. Mm. And sometimes I already have fixed crates, like I have a hip hop crate. I have a pop crate, so I just move things around in the software. Do you often do B2Bs? Or no, I've never done a never? B2B. What's... I don't know who to B2B with. Because I feel like it has to be someone I know. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, it has to be someone I'm comfortable playing with. Because mm -hmm. it's going to be hard if our taste level is super different. Like. What if he likes, or he or she likes trap music, and it might not go well with the type of music that I play. So, it has to be someone I know well. Mm -hmm. You brought up earlier that you did take piano lessons. Yes. Are there any other instruments that you can play? I actually can't play piano anymore. That's so long ago. I forgot everything. I feel like I just know things subconsciously now. So when you when you like. I just press. I listen by ear. So what I do is, when I like chords from a song, I just copy it by ear. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was taught this shortcut in the short course I took before. So it's still it sticks to the music theory thing. But I do it by ear, even the drums. So I it's, it just. It's a, it's a spontaneous process for me, most of the time. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. It's very early. <laughs> it's not. It's like one. one it's like one p.m. Um, this is thirty-seven minutes. Oh my gosh! How did we get through all these so quickly? <laughs> Are there any artists you would like to work with in the Philippines, or that you haven't already that you'd like to? No, I like want an to work I'm sorry. with June Marisi, mm. but I don't know where she is. Yeah, she's very enigmatic. Yes. She like, she does her own thing. And is she under a new name now? Yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce her new project. It's like unpronounceable. Yes. Um, so June Marisi, that's good. When you... I don't know if, and when you make a beat, of course you have to mix and master it, right? Yes. Okay, so how, how do, you, do you feel comfortable doing that? Because my co-host is like, he's at that point where he knows what his sound should sound like, like his mixes should sound like, but it's not at that level. Mm. How are you with that? Do you feel like it's not living up to your standard or like what you feel like it should be? I'm happy with, lately, I'm happy with my mixing and mastering. It's not the best, but it's, I, I've gotten better at it, which is good, because my old music sounds weird. It, it sounds better now. Mm. That's nice, though, to like look back on your old stuff and see a substantial growth. Yes. It's, it, I feel like it would be worse if you listen to your old music and be like, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we can jump back into Dancy mm. since we like barely talked yes. about it. Is there um, like an overall goal to that project or is it just for fun because you guys are friends and it's nice to like work with friends yeah. or do gigs with friends, yeah, not necessarily yeah, work. Yeah. We're planning to like make music together because she lives in Las Piñas so I have to go to her house because her drums is there so she can't go to Manila and like make something from scratch because what we did before whenever we'd play my album it's already done so she's not part of the creative process and I want her to be a part of it for the dancey thing. Like, do you know Tarshos? No, we don't. Oh, they're an OG electronic duo. So they make music. It's electronic music and then live drums also. Mm. So. Dancy, when it's on, when it's written, has Japanese yeah, at the end. It's a joke because we're mocking like the lo-fi producers that okay. have Japanese characters right. on right. or okay. Korean characters. <laughs> it's just dancey also. And oh, I it know just says dancey. Yeah, yeah. I know people won't be able to read it. It's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you make music, do you do a lot of samples or is it just your own organic? Uh, no, I never beats? use recordings never never it's all samples because my mentor justin who taught me in cosmic sonic arts he gave me a ton of samples and that's all i use now mm. 
Do you buy like those packs or no? No, I'm too lazy. It's... And he gave me a lot of samples, so I don't need any more. <laughs> Some producers, though, they like buying those things. Mm -hmm. I'm not obsessed with buying new stuff, actually. That's nice. It saves you money. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going through your Instagram now because I'm <laughs> desperate for, for topics. You have a bunch of gig posters. I want to talk about if there are gigs that you like playing. Like, is there a specific atmosphere that you go for? Do you like the darker, like, atmosphere? Club. Yeah, club Clubs. stuff? Or do you like something that's kind of bright and, like, you know, fun to dance around in? I think I like all gigs because all of them have different atmospheres like in clubs it makes me happy when I see people dancing mm -hmm. so and then when it's in bars sometimes people sing along so it's also a good thing because in bars people don't dance much so they're usually just standing and drinking so it depends on the venue <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. This is a mess. An absolute mess. And now I'm just talking because I'm waiting for stuff to load. Um, okay, so in terms of like art, and do you consider what you make? This is the worst question. Fine oh. art. Fine art? Yeah. No. Why not? Why not? There's this thing that um, is oh, like kind of carries through on each episode. It's people, it's artists that don't consider their work good, oh. or like they they have self doubt in stuff that they make. Is that relevant to you, or are you pretty confident with what you make? I'm confident with what I make, but I feel like. It's such a big deal to call it fine art now. I feel like that's only for OG musicians. I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm on that level yet. Mm -hmm. I feel like it needs years of experience and practice for something to be called fine art. So, Do you think fine art is a term that we need necessarily? I feel like it's, really. kind of, it's like a pretentious way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Separating, I feel like a separative, separating term. It's you know? good to call something fine art if it deserves a lot of respect, just to put it on a pedestal. But I don't think it matters whether or not your work is fine art. Art is art. Art is art. We can do recommendations now. Okay. Uh, so before we did the started recording, I mentioned what recommendations are. Um, if you need time to think of one, I can go first. If you have one in mind already, then you can go. Okay. So I'm going to recommend Sisig Sarada. Because <laughs> I live near there. Uh -huh. And I used, my old office used to be super near. It's in Rada Street in... Makati, Legaspi Village. It's uh, it's on Jolly Jeep. Do you know Jolly Jeep? 
No, but I know the area that you're talking about. Do you know Karinderia? Turo Turo? Yes. It's like that, yes. but it's for office people who work in Makati. Ah, so it's okay. a it's a popular jolly jeep in Rada Street. Got it. So they have sising there. It's so good. Is there a specific dish that you like? You would recommend? Yeah, sising. Just they're plain. Because <laughs> okay. that's their main dish there. Mm, okay. Sising sarada. Like their stall is called sising sarada. I love and it. And you can have it delivered. Oh, what? Yeah, you can use like grab food, I think. Not sponsored. So you don't. <laughs> so you can, if you live far away, you can still order. Like, I think BGC, they can deliver there. Cool. Uh, my recommendation is Trapa. It's in. Uh, it's across from Hoodwink. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty cool store because it's um, all local like brands that they it's like a I, I kind of compare to Dover Street Market but for the Philippines mm, it's like yeah. uh, clothing brands that interact well with each other so mm. like you can choose any piece from any brand and put an outfit together and it would still look good mm. like it's, it's very cohesive uh, and their prices aren't ridiculous so you can go check that out um, so yeah this was a fucking mess of an episode <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, so yeah, again, I'm like super rusty. I, I took a two month break because I'm lazy and I was burnt out. But <laughs> hopefully within the next couple episodes, we'll get back into it. Thanks for listening. Pamsi, thank you so thank much you. for being on here. And I apologize for how sloppy this, <laughs> this late episode was. No worries. Um, yeah, catch you guys on the next one.